1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. That's me, I'm Steven. And there are a lot of fanboys in the world. A lot of fanboys, a lot of fangirls. And I'm just another one. Ain't nothing special about me. Just sitting here in my car doing my thing, kicking it, talking to y'all. And today we're going to talk about Lost in Space. Specifically season two. Because season one was just ah, a long time ago. Now, this is a show that's on Netflix, a Netflix original series. It is a reimagining of the series from 1965 of the same name, which in itself is a reimagining of the book Swiss Family Robinson. But instead of the family getting stranded on an island, they're stranded in space. They are lost in space. I used to watch it. The, the original, the the show from 65, I used to catch it on rerun all the time. We had a, well, we still have a channel locally, Channel 41, that would play all that stuff. And I used to watch it every once in a while. I've even seen the movie with Matt LeBlanc and Gary Oldman and that other dude whose name I can't quite pull into my head had a had a couple of names in it other than Gary Oldman. I don't know if I would consider Matt LeBlanc a name, but he was on Friends, and he was pretty much the greatest character on that show. Yeah, I'm talking about Joey. Heather Graham was in it. She played, I think, Judy. William Hurt. I think that's who that dude was who plays Papa Robinson. And I remember there being Lacey... I don't remember how you say her name. She was in Party of Five. She was Penny. And I don't remember who played Mama Robinson. Anyway, this is not about the movie. It's about the show. Now, season one dropped the entire season because that's how they roll on Netflix. It dropped in April of 2018. And then season two, out of the blue, didn't see this one coming at all, landed on December 24th, Christmas Eve 2019. It took me a couple of weeks to jump into the show. Both when it originally when season 1 came out and when season 2 came out. It takes me a bit to devote any kind of time to a show because I know that if the show's good, that's all I'm going to want to do while I'm home. So knowing that, here's a here's a a show, season 1, Lost in Space looks decent, 10 episodes. They're about an hour long each. All right, well, I need to start getting my mind right, get my game face on, get ready for 10 hours of television that I know I'm not going to be able to watch in a row because I don't have just 10 hours just to sit around and do nothing. The show, in its simplicity, both seasons have basically just been a series of obstacles for our characters to overcome and then a handful of complications that arise while they're trying to overcome these obstacles that only manages, it's there to heighten the tension because let's say they have to do this certain thing and okay, we need to do this. Uh, we have three hours to do it. It should only take us 20 minutes. We got plenty of time, but we need to do it within the three hours. Otherwise, we're all gonna die. And so they attack the problem and they're 19 minutes into the 20 minutes that it's going to take to take care of the problem. And then, bam, an obstacle is thrown in their way. Some some sort of complication. We can't fix this unless we have a Phillips head screwdriver and our only Phillips head screwdriver has been stripped. Oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? We've only got two hours and 40 minutes left. So then they got to fabricate a new Phillips head screwdriver. But... Just within moments of that thing being done, it takes an hour and a half, the machine breaks down, or a flesh-eating virus suddenly appears on the ship, something. And it's, if you step back and look at it from that angle, it seems very formulaic. It seems very, oh, here comes another complication designed to ramp up the tension, but... It's so good. So the premise of this show is that at some point, a asteroid crashes into the earth, causing a global catastrophe, something that degrades the air quality or something. It's basically, the earth is becoming inhabitable, and it's it's it doesn't happen right away. It's going to happen over a number of years. And so the governments of the world, I guess they don't really, they, I don't feel like they explain that very well. It might only be the American government, but maybe they do explain it in season one and now I just don't remember it. But anyway, they start to, they start a project to colonize a planet either called Alpha Centauri or it's in Alpha Centauri. I think Alpha Centauri might be the sun or the system, but it's a, there's a, it's a planet. That is exactly like ours as far as oxygen and plant life and all that. It's, it's, it's a planet we can live on. It's basically Earth, but it's however many hundreds of thousands of light years away or whatever. There's no way we could just fly there in a spacecraft. And so they develop this faster than light engine. And it's, well, actually, no, it's a, it creates a wormhole in space. And they, they build this big ship called the Resolute. And it's one of these ships that's basically just a long pole with two rings, like a pole going through these two rings. And then attached to this spaceship, attached to the rings, attached to the Resolute, are these smaller ships, Jupiter model ships. And each ship contains a family. But the people chosen to go, they all have certain skill sets. They, they have to pass tests. They have to be able to contribute to the ship. They They can't just be passengers, I guess, unless they're rich. I'm sure there were plenty of people that bought their way on. But the Robinsons are part of not the maiden voyage. I think. I feel it's gone to Alpha Centauri at least once already. This might even be their third trip. And it's their turn to go. And at some point during the voyage, something happens. They are attacked by an alien robot thing. And everybody jumps into their Jupiters to evacuate. And the Robinsons end up on some planet. They're not quite sure where they are. And they have to get back to the Resolute. They're lost in space. The robot, something happens to it. And Will, little Will Robinson helps the robot. And the robot becomes friends with it. And we find out during the first season that the engine that they're using on the resolute that opens these wormholes in space belongs to this alien race that this robot is part of and the robot was there to get the engine back so the whole first season is about them trying to get back to the resolute but it's not it's not just them by themselves in space because first they have to they're on one planet they have to get off of it and then they find themselves on another planet with a lot of the other colonists and then that they're trapped there and then they have to come up with solutions to get everybody off of this one planet up to the resolute resolute doesn't know they're down there it's this whole thing and then the second season is somewhat similar but they're they're building on the mythology of this alien robot and this race of alien robots and um it's just really good let's let's just talk about the characters here real quick so the cast of the show, I'm just going to do the the main cast, the main characters. We've got Molly Parker. She plays Maureen Robinson. She's Mama Robinson. She is the mission commander. She's your basic genius rocket scientist. She's super smart. And many of the problems, the solutions to many of their problems, she's the one that comes up with most of the solutions. Next up, we have Toby Stevens. He plays John Robinson. Maureen's husband, Papa Robinson, he was a former Navy SEAL because, you know, you got to have somebody that kicks butt. He can't just be your basic dude, I guess. And of course, they can never be just former military. They've got to be some kind of real, like, kick butt kind of military person. Back in in the 80s, he would have been a Green Beret, former Green Beret, but now former Navy SEAL, John Robinson, and when the show starts, he and Maureen are coming back together after having been separated. He was serving a tour somewhere, and when his tour was up, he volunteered to stay for another tour. She wasn't really happy about that. He didn't consult her in any way. They were separated for a while and estranged and trying to work everything out. They were trying to trying to fix their marriage, but things are a little rocky at first. But nothing brings a family together like being trapped, like being lost in space. Maxwell Jenkins plays Will Robinson. He's an little 11-year-old genius dude. He is basically, he is his mama's boy. He is super smart. A lot of times if Maureen misses Robinson, Maureen, if she can't, come up with the solution, he helps her. He comes up with a lot of ideas and a lot of solutions to some of the problems as well. He also befriends the robot, who is voiced by Brian Steele. Now, let me just, let me talk for a moment about the robot. I really like the robot in this show, but they had to go with a practical suit for the robot for most of the scenes. For some of the scenes, he's completely CGI because he kind of... He can stand upright and walk like a man, but other time, when he's like in attack mode, he's almost like a almost a fricking spider type thing, and uh, that has to be CGI. But when it's when it's a dude in a suit, it's very obvious it's a dude in a suit. I'll just put it that way. the 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 things really long arms are very awkward looking. I really enjoyed the character. I enjoyed robot. Robot would eventually at one point say, danger, Will Robinson, and even friend, Will Robinson. But as much money as they put into this show, I don't know, I think the robot could have come off just a little bit better. Now, granted, the robot's in a ton of scenes, so it would have cost way more money if it was CGI throughout the entire show. The suit makes sense. It's practical. The the actors can act with it. It's there on set with them. But at the same time, there was almost a nineties robot feel to it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. You could definitely tell it was a dude in a suit. Next up is Taylor Russell. She plays Judy Robinson. She's a doctor. She's very young. I think she's eighteen. And she is she's the doctor of their crew. She's had an accelerated um, she was part of an accelerated medical training program. She is not John Robinson's daughter. She is a she's Maureen's daughter. She's got a different dad. Her dad was involved in either the first, I think, before the Resolute, they tried something completely different, I guess. He was on the ship that they tried first that was originally... Lost in Space. I'm not going to do the funny voice this time. And that kind of uh, ties into season two. Mina Sundwall plays Penny Robinson. She's the only one of the family that's not like this certified academic genius type person. I mean, neither is her dad. But her dad has military training. So when it comes to all these problems that need to be solved, she's not really all that involved. Because... She doesn't really, she doesn't really have, she's just a kid. She's like 15, 16 years old. She's just a kid. Her thing is she's she's a creative type. And that plays up a little in the second season. She's She uh, feels like she's not pulling her own weight. Ignacio Saricio plays Don West. I hope I'm getting that name right. Don West is the ship mechanic. Now he is part of the Resolute crew and he's gone to alpha centauri a couple of times each time that the resolute has dropped off people at alpha centauri he's gone with them he's also a smuggler now don't roll your eyes at that don't be like ooh so he's like the han solo of lost in space not really he's not that kind of smuggler he will he smuggles he smuggles things onto the resolute like steaks and oreo cookies and stuff that people love and want but is not part of the standard fare that comes along with being on this ship. Wine, whiskey, that kind of stuff. He he ends up, he's not part of the the, the Jupiter 2, that's the ship that the Robinsons are in. He's not part of their crew, but he ends up on one of the planets and he ends up being, hooking up with them and being part of their crew in the end. Him and a Chicken, whom he refers to as Debbie, rounding out the cast as Parker Posey as Dr. Smith. She, I don't know if she's won any awards for this show, but she certainly needs to because I hate her. She is so good as the villain in this show that I freaking hate her. And she's the villain and yet not the villain. She's a very, very complicated character her actual name is june harris she poses as her sister jessica to get on the resolute at the beginning of the show when the robot attacks and there's this big catastrophe on the ship and everybody is evacuating in their jupiter ships she poses as dr smith his well zachary smith it's a dude's name and he's actually played by will is it will mummy who played, not will. Bill Mummy, who played Will in the original show. But she lacks the proper credentials to get onto one of these Jupiter ships during the evacuation. So as all this chaos is going on, she ends up killing a man and she comes across Dr. Smith, and I think she knocks him out. She takes his ID badge or something. She gets on one of these Jupiter ships. She ends up down on this planet with Don West. And then eventually, through him, she ends up on the Jupiter Two with the Robinsons. And at some point during the, season, during the first season, they get hip to who she actually is or who she's not. And they, they have to deal with her being on board their ship. And she is—her first objective is herself. But because she's trapped on this planet or wherever with the Robinsons, she has to help them at times— when one of these problems come up so that she can get off the planet but in the end her goal is to help herself she has plans beyond just getting off of whatever getting out of whatever situation they happen to be in so in the meantime they're forced to accept her help if they're to get out of certain situations and even after they discover who she is or who she isn't there's a lot of situations in which because she, what she does is she manipulates people. She's really good at manipulating people to her end. And even after they know this, they still seem to allow her to manipulate them and allow themselves to individually get into situations where they're alone with her. And that's where it really happens. And you and and after a while I'm just thinking Don't ever put yourself in a situation where you're in a room alone with her because once she starts talking, she's got you. And then they also do this thing, which I found kind of annoying. They do it more than once. I feel like they do it four or five times. They will... She'll help them out of a, she'll help them get out of a situation. And as they're then rocketing towards the next situation, they don't realize that next situation is coming, but they're rocketing towards it. They think they're rocketing towards safety or whatever. She'll be in a room alone with one of the Robinsons or with Don West and. She'll be like, "Ah, aren't you glad that I helped you out? You you wouldn't have gotten to this point if it wouldn't have been for me. And they'd be like, yeah, well, you know, that's true, but it's not gonna stop us from turning you into the authorities when we get back to the resolute. You have to pay for your crimes. And I just wanna start yelling at them. Why would you tell her that? Why would you warn her? She's gonna stop screwing with you and your mission if she thinks that you're on her side. And yet you keep telling her we hate you. You're not on her side. We're going to make sure you spend the rest of your life in prison. Oh, by the way, could you not manipulate us and maybe sabotage part of the equipment or something like that? And could you help us out of this situation? Thanks. That'd be great. By the way, we hate you, and we're going to make sure you go to prison for the rest of your life. They keep doing that throughout the show. And every time she thinks she's safe, They go and say something like that to her and then she has to, I guess I have to do something bad to manipulate this situation into my favor and if it kills one of the Robinsons, that's just the way it's got to be. Why don't they just shut up until they get back to the Resolute and they they walk off their ship hand in hand, arm in arm with her and they go to the authority, hey, we couldn't have made it out with her, but she's a thief and a murderer and a liar, lock her up. You know, as all the cops are standing there around them, but no, they don't. They don't do any of that. So I think that's about all I'm gonna. There's there's a whole there's a big secret in the second ep- in the second season. You you get to it right away. They hint to it in the first season. You get to it right away in the second season. It well you get to it a few episodes in. That's the problem with binging shows is you don't really. I can't quite judge when they reveal the secrets and whatnot one of these times i'm just i'm going to start watching these things weekly like i did with the mandalorian because i didn't have any choice but it's a super fun show it's a super smart show it's very smart science fiction very fast paced at times high tension some scenes got me a little misty-eyed some scenes had me practically cheering in my seat it's one of these shows that despite being sci-fi and I say that for people who are not sci-fi fans. If you're not a sci-fi fan, despite this show being a science fiction show, I really think that people who are not into sci-fi would really enjoy it. I would very much recommend this show to my wife. My wife's not a sci-fi person, but I think she'd really enjoy this show just because it deals with family and it's and and the conflict and it's... You know, it's a survival show that just happens to be set in a sci-fi setting. Kind of like how The Walking Dead is a survival show that is set during a zombie apocalypse. It's less about the zombie apocalypse, more about the characters trying to survive. That's, that's how I feel Lost in Space is, And the way it ends... There's definitely going to be a season three. I haven't read anything that said that they have, in fact, approved a season three, but it does end on a cliffhanger. If there doesn't end up being a season three, I'll be very upset for like a minute, I guess, and then I'll probably forget about it. Uh, Because in the grand scheme of things, there are really more important things in life than whether or not there is a season three of Lost in Space, whether or not they do answer the questions at the end of season two. But if you've been on the fence about watching it, you have Netflix, you see it there all the time, and yeah, I don't know if i watch this or not. And you thought to yourself, I wonder what Steven thinks. Well, now you know. What you do with that information is up to you. But regardless of what you do, I have to end this episode. So until we see we talk again, not, I almost said until we see each other again, you don't see me if you do, I'm looking around right now to see if anybody's watching me. That's kind of creepy. That's a creepy thought. It's almost like I'm live streaming, but you, if you're watching me, you can't hear what I'm saying. Just stop watching me until I talk to you again. My name is Steven and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Just Another Fanboy is a presentation of the Steven or Else podcast. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stephenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash Stephen R. and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show about whatever crawls its way into my tiny little mind just moments before I tap record. You can find me on the World Wide Web at StephenOrElse.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at StephenOrElse. Good job.
0: (gasps)